The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. On round one, Tim Hudak is here, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives and a guy who's had two cars stolen. Um, let's see, Laura Babcock from Power Group Communications, host of The O Show. Mark Warner is here, international trade lawyer. Uh, let's just continue with the conversation we were informally having, I guess, of who is running for mayor. And I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because, like I said, get in or get out. Uh, but Tim Hudak, Stephen Holiday now says he's thinking about it. Uh, Josh Matlow, uh, obviously, thinking about it, governing by uh, my texts. And uh, anyway, your thoughts? I think it's going to be a whole bunch, uh, and it's, it's good to see. And not a surprise they haven't formally declared. You put your foot in the water, you see who responds, you put together your campaign team, your fundraising, what your approach is going to be, and your ballot question. So that does take time. All right, so I would actually like to Stephen Holiday get in the race. I, I've been a fan of his. I think he would be probably the most uh, center-right mainstream candidate, you know, tough on crime, get the city working again. I think there'll be appeal, and certainly the Holiday name and his uh, father, uh, Doug, who was a member of my caucus, by by the way, for a while, former mayor of Etobicoke and uh, deputy mayor would have some name recognition. Again, a blau Brad Bradford will be their kind of more centrist position. Josh Matlow's going to run. Yeah. And you know what? It might be Josh Matlow's time. If the left clears out, leaves that lane for him, he could very well be mayor. So I'll make a prediction on the John Moore show. How about this? They'll convince Jill Pal- Gil- uh, Gil Penaloza to drop out and Matlow will be the left wing candidate. Okay, we're going to tuck that away and uh, see if it comes true. Um, one extra thing worth mentioning of Doug Holiday, father to Stephen, is that I went golfing with him once, and on the first tee, I took a swing, and I just heard him in back of me say, Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Laura Babcock, I realize you don't live or pay taxes in Toronto, but your thoughts on this? Uh, well, I do think Holiday has a name recognition, and he did some deputy mayor stuff. And and the oh dear comment. I mean, Toronto is kind of in an oh dear moment, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> looking at the crime and the stories and the stuff that needs to be fixed. Uh, and I think that you know, you, Matla will probably jump in. I've uh, worked tangentially with Matt over the years on different contracts, and uh, you know, he is somebody who courts public attention and is good with the media and so uh, he could be a high profile candidate for that left track as Tim is saying. It'll be interesting to watch but I kind of don't feel we've got the name yet that is going to excite people to the polls in June. Although Mark Warner, you know, what I find interesting in all of this is maybe instead of seeking a celebrity, Torontonians are just going to seek a caretaker and keep moving. Yeah, I mean, they have no choice. I mean, we don't, it's not like we have a lot of choice in any of this, uh, it seems to me. <laughs> the names come forward. Uh, I, I think the question is, what would make someone come forward? You have to raise so much money. If you don't have a lot of really instant name recognition, really high-profile citywide name recognition, I'm not convinced any city councillors, as nice as they are, even the Matt Lowe character, I'm not sure that, any, that he has really substantial name recognition outside of you know, the core down tour, a few right, a few streets in downtown core. Um, so I don't know if any, but I don't know why anybody who has that sort of citywide name recognition would come forward um, in terms of the money and the time frame to do it. So it, it's, it's a, it's hard to see where this goes. I'm still waiting for David Miller to come in. It just seems I'm watching him on Twitter. <laughs> I watched him for the last couple of years. And he yeah. seems to have the itch to come back. And I don't know whether he just can't find people with the financing for it. But by all intents and purposes, he seems like a guy who's either angling for uh, an appointment to the Senate by the prime minister, 
or to come back as mayor and redeem his legacy. I just, uh, he's a national. I think he would win. Like, I think he's got that citywide name recognition. I think the left would coalesce behind him. And he does seem to be brandishing his liberal credentials. So, Mr. Miller, come on in. I'll have to ask him today. Okay. Uh, Hamilton MPP is tabling a bill to expand Amber Alerts for uh, any vulnerable member of the population. So, for example, a senior with dementia who goes wandering, goes missing, we would issue an Amber Alert. Um, uh, An Indigenous woman who has disappeared with that explanation, we'd issue an Amber Alert. Uh, Laura Babcock, I I choose my words carefully because I don't want to seem like such a hard ass, but this seems like one of those things that is very well-intentioned, but not perhaps a good idea. Well, I think if it's, you know, your parent who goes wandering and in the case that was behind the catalyst for this particular legislation, uh, it's, you know, was a mile away from their home or a kilometer away from their home and they just couldn't locate them, but somebody had seen the parent and had there been an Amber Alert, there might have been that connection made with police. So I think if you have someone who's vulnerable in your family, whether a young child, like we're used to seeing protected by Amber Alert, or someone with, say, autism or with other reasons why they're out there and they they can't find their way home, why not as a community support them? I don't get upset when I get an Amber Alert. I try to act on it. I try to retweet it. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that disruptive and people's lives are on the line. Okay, well, Mark Warner, maybe, you know, we split the difference and you get a text notification, but it doesn't interrupt all television and radio broadcasting and it doesn't wake you up at two in the morning. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny. It's funny when people find, uh, you know, I, I found this as I've got older and watching my parents get older and how much of modern civilization is not directed to seniors, you know, and people get on radios like, Oh, it's not that difficult for me. Yeah. Well, you're not 40 years younger. (laughs) Yeah. When they, when the radio and the TV all go off by the one time, an 85 year old person doesn't know how to turn them off. So, you know, I wish we'd think a little bit about that when we come to thinking about all sorts of policies, like we did at the height of COVID when we had the vaccines, you know, to do it on our online portal. So step in front, you 80-year-olds who know how to use the computer. <laughs> There's a sort of, we have to move beyond that nice nice ideas to, does it work? And I know I always get frustrated when we talk about this, John. It's not the first time. but Because, um, you know, I, I've never really seen any evidence that this thing actually works. I mean, there are a lot of advocates who think it's a great idea. And it's a great idea. But I've never seen any sort of record about that sort of says, let's actually evaluate the program by someone who's not an advocate. You know what I mean? I wish we could get to that stage of analyzing public policy that way in this country. Okay, Tim Hudak. You know, um, the the toughest job when you're in government is saying no. It's easy to say yes. It's easy to spend. It's easy to go in debt. It's easy to try to be popular with with all people. But sometimes, no matter how heart-wrenching the presentation, you have to say no. And you need to focus the Amber Alert uh, on kids. Everybody understands what that means. Uh, and if you if the risk, John, if you expand it to indigenous women, you expand it to seniors, no matter what the merits, you water it down. The phone will be going off constantly, and ultimately, it will be a useless tool because people will simply ignore it. So despite the case of Monique Taylor, respect it makes, I'd have to say no. Okay, this is the most Toronto story ever. A sign outside of a dog park that says, attention, due to the closeness of area residents, do not allow your dogs to bark and disturb the neighborhood. Um, Mark Warner, dog's gonna bark. (laughs) 
Well, if you get rid of the dogs, then. <laughs> That's a simple solution. Well, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, dog parks are there. So think about the urban setting of Toronto. A lot of dogs need to get walked twice a day. There's a lot of condos and things. They go to these urban parks. The idea is that they get to have a little bit of dog life. And the idea that you have to quiet them because some people don't like the sound of dogs. Uh, I think it's stupid. Uh, they should change it and get rid of the sign immediately. I mean, and I love dogs. And, and Tim Hudak, there's a wonderful French expression, le train passe, uh, les chiens jappent, uh, which is just sort of, you know, life's going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, I'm back in the dog business. We've got Melbourne, our Australian shepherd. She's uh, 10 months uh, now. And I don't like this one. I'm going to bring Melbourne down to that park. I'm going to get her a little riled up. I'm going to get her doing the dog bark chorus as part of our protest. By the way, the other thing that bugs me that I'm seeing in Toronto, these signs with a dog crouching with an, uh, a red line through them. No. Don't, you yes. know, don't <laughs> let your dog do this. What do you think Melbourne targets on a regular basis? I'm, I'm, I'm rebelling against this whole thing, John. Yeah, no, one of my yeah, neighbors. I, Go ahead, Laura. Oh, I was just going to say I need to balance this because my husband is literally building a little thing around the light pole on the edge of our property. So dogs can get water bowls and can use the washroom when they go on walks in the summer. I mean, nice. there's love. Yeah, exactly. Can't we be like that? On a more serious note, I, mean, I was in my condo, you know, my neighbors. I never understood. This. I think I called you once about it, John, because I did try to understand why. I never heard any noise through the walls of the condo of any kind other than the barking of my neighbor's dogs. And I, I've just sort of, I wish maybe, maybe you still have that science guy you used to have on. Maybe you could ask him to explain why dogs' barks go through walls of condos, but nothing else. Oh, no, listen, I can tell you. Very annoying. I lived in a condo townhouse, and the neighbors could play music. I wouldn't hear it. And then one day I was sitting there, and I heard somebody sneeze. So I, it's, it's a complete mystery. Uh, Toronto will mark the... Uh, third anniversary of the declaration of the pandemic with a gathering and an art installation. Uh, Tim Hudak, I, I get, because, you know, we were talking this morning to, I think it was Dr. Mitch, or no, actually, it was the person on the morning brief who said that they had lost, it was pre Banerjee lost an uncle to COVID. So I get that this is a tragic cir circumstance, but I just, I don't need to go to a public memorial. Yeah, I... I, I... Uh, I get people want to do something uh, nice to commemorate those uh, who we who we lost. This doesn't seem um, the right thing. I, I'd have no interest uh, in it. God bless those who attend. I um, I would rather celebrate the end of the lockdowns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would rather celebrate that pain and agony. And I, <laughs> it's getting to be a bit corny, but I still got my masks. I, I would say let's celebrate the anniversary of the ending of the lockdowns with one giant mask burning bonfire. I'll be up for that. Okay, you haven't done the mass burning yet? You no, I got no. Yeah. I'm saving it up. The okay. anniversary. Good. Well, I was going to come to Niagara for that, so there we are. My thanks to you all, Mark Warner, Tim Hudak, and Laura Babcock. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.